I am unashamed. What about you? Well, we want to thank everybody for listening. It created a a problem. Our show is kind of taken off. That's why I wanted a name for the people who watch us. But uh, have I we call got them Unashamed Nation? But that's just there's not like a, you're thinking like a shame well, head or something. Well, I don't know. I'm just thinking we need that. So we have well, some a marketing guru. We name, have some name, guests. Like a name for our follower. Like we're unashamed. Uh, yeah, everybody has a I name. Guess. Like, you know, Ditto Heads was Rush Limbaugh. So what would be our name for our our passionate listeners? Think on it. Get your people on it. The Get Philistines. Some... <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was actually like pretty good. I like the old <laughs> ways in the Bible. <laughs> the Philites. It's unashamed the Philistines. This is why I forget. <laughs> Willie does have clever ideas, although I'm not sure if I want to go with that. <laughs> that was good. It's kind of sticky to me. By the way, welcome sticky. to Willie and Jail. It's the first time we've yeah. had uh, all four in the unashamed uh, podcast, yeah, was... Command Central. Yeah, it was just driving by. But I was what I was going to say, so more people have been watching. Everybody's been in this panic mode, boredom mode, coronavirus. We've kind of here in our little world have kind of gotten back. To, it seems like we're a little back to normal. But a lot of requests started coming in about, can you do a video for this? And, you know, will you talk to our church or so i started just to make a video like you know in these times you know we need to put our faith you know i mean i'm not making light of it but i and then i thought well, that's not very personable so i told my assistant i was like you go through the emails if there's a youth group who has a request i'll do it line up a zoom meeting and they can we'll do q a so i did six last week in between the last time i mean from I think New Mexico was one, Colorado, North Carolina, Maryland. Forgot where the other two were. But uh, it was fascinating because you're looking at Hollywood squares like like Brady Bunch. But it's like way more of them. I mean, some of them, the kids are driving, you know. I was telling you before, they'd, I think I'd hit a nerve when they'd pull over and just listen on the side of the road. So all I've done is the same principle we do on this podcast, which is introduce the author of this book right because i'm like the words won't mean as much to you in the bible if you don't know or have a, you know a uh, intimate view or a closeness to the one who wrote it I, I do the same illustration every time because they all have their cell phones i was like how many of you got a cell phone they all pick it up and then i say well if someone sent you a message on there like meet me at mcdonald's at you know in an hour and they weren't in your phone, how would you respond to it? And it's kind of funny, some of their responses, you know. But most of them, it's a fearful thing. They're like, they're thinking, since I don't know this person, and they somehow got my phone, that's the last person I would go, because they, the last place I'd go, because it hurt me. So I use that as an example to mean, because one of their questions is always, what verses do you recommend for us to share with our friends? Or, And I'm like, share, introduce Jesus and then we'll get to the verses. If you need verses to do that, okay. But you basically want to introduce Jesus because everything about him is good or cool or awesome. But they would have probably said yes if you had said meet me at Chick-fil-A. 
Yeah, I think the McDonald's is what <laughs> would have frightened me. That's you know what's weird? You said Chick Fil A. I'm all in. Okay, I don't know who you are, but sounds good. Look, you know <laughs> who, who doesn't want a good chicken sandwich? Here's what I like about the people who listen to the podcast. So I did that on our last podcast. I, I told about that illustration about the phone. So I, I noticed I don't get on social media very often, but the other night I was on there on Twitter for some odd reason, and I had like seven messages from different people that said meet me at johnny's yeah. <laughs> meet me it was different <laughs> johnny's somebody... is a pizza place if you don't know yeah that's right it's not a country it's not a guy named johnny yeah but i thought but somebody saw one person do it and so then like that became the thing you know meet me yeah, that was a different restaurant that was so if you have a youth group or if you know of anyone that has a youth group or associated email jace and um appreciate that we'll give you a little devotional on zoom calls so. i'm not guaranteeing that anybody i'm saying in we america, will anybody in america if you know jace, any group of jace young just people, became america's youth minister that's it america's youth america's he's youth back pastor. baby <laughs> All that seminary will, will start the process that may allow that to happen, but there are no guarantees. Just remember, there's a lot more of you than there is of Jason. I have this issue too. All right, team Philistines, get the word out. <laughs> we got to teach the youth. So tell us what y'all been doing. So what are you doing these days? I know Jeff's a Texican now. Yes, in Austin, um, work for All Guys Children, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave, Jim did a I gave, phone call. I gave a pretty big sum of money to your uh, I appreciate that, brother. Okay. And some others did. Some of our <laughs> Philistines. Yeah, it went over super well. Yes. Thank you, Philistines. Um, I don't yeah. know if that's going to work. We <laughs> should go through an approval yeah. well, process. We'll, we'll try it for an episode. The Philistines are back. Phil's not saying a word about it. <laughs> Dad's mute today. <laughs> The longest I've ever heard Dad not say anything. I think the Philistines. He's thinking. I don't know about that. Well, I'm just thinking back. Let's see. And I sired this bus. <laughs> Aren't you proud today? To Word not- of the day is sire. <laughs> you Philistines will understand that one. Listen, speaking of sire, Very Jeff, this used to be your bedroom. Did you sire some of your children here in our? Command center. I'm pretty sure one. Yes. <laughs> Did you one live here? He lived yeah, here. Yeah, I'm kind of weird about that right now. But <laughs> just know that. I mean, it, this place has history. Willie turned it. Well, was it you let him live here, or was it yours? At no, one no, 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 no. I, I got this house first. Yeah, I, I purchased it from him. Oh, oh, it was your house first. Yep. I never realized. I that. didn't know that. And now it's mom and dad's. Mm-hmm. Well, look, some kind of charity or something. It was gifted to them. Yeah. I actually found a silver ring in this yard. Really. Yeah. So uh, did you ever? That was that one fight that went bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Maybe we should talk. Back to the pawn shop on that one. (laughs) Maybe we should talk about that later. It was a woman's ring, so I didn't know. Did Jessica ever lose a ring? I think you sent me a picture. It wasn't hers. Okay. All good. He did check it. Which now, by the way, we've mentioned this on the podcast, so Jay says you and River into metal detecting or whatever right? or treasure hunting yes it. and yeah. it's perfect thing to do with all the virus stuff and actually last week i found two silver rings both with diamonds one of them is yeah. pretty small but one of them's yeah really yes and now i have a friend so yeah. I, so i was laughing so today jeff is like i guess he's so into it so he's in mom's car and her middle thing has so much change in it that some of it is just glued 
to the middle of her yeah. bay in the car. So Jeff's digging through there. I don't know what he's looking, <laughs> looking for. Looking for rare coins <laughs> yeah. or silver. So I was like, I, do I mean, it. now he's doing the deep dive on mom's car. That's that's I, how. I think that's a little beyond, you know, metal detecting. <laughs> well, Phil, it becomes, you know, kind of kind of a habitual thing. So, like, when I get changed from any place now, I just make a quick run through. There are rare coins that you don't realize that are worth substantial amount of money and it's just kind of cool i like coins i actually pay my daughter's friends for their change in their car i'm like i'll give you two dollars for all your change (laughs) for like a dollar and i'll give you back your change and i may keep you know a little bit of it yeah i did just made two i do the same thing even the even the dullness of the coronavirus of nothing to do has not led me to treasure hunting. <laughs> you know, like, I'm with you. I, I have a I quiet get changed sometimes when I pay for cash. I throw it in the. That's it. That's about as far as it. There goes. are some other reasons, in my opinion, that you're probably not doing that. It's actually pretty substantial manual labor you know sweating is involved i mean you there's know. a lot of digging <laughs> digging walking around with a wand that <laughs> yeah I, if that's your idea of exercise i wish shoot, exercise. It gets hard. You, you'll wake <laughs> up oh my God. it does this, you this will be like, calling this is like crossfit treasure you'll Cross, be calling yeah. your pt after one day with me and jeff no, I've watched you. You've been all in my yard. I, I have. It's not. It looks like an old man on a leisurely stroll. You know, it's like it's not. That's not. Well, however, Willie. you got to justify in your mind. Exercise is not one of them. Okay, like, if you're into it. I get it. You know, Willie pulled up one day. He's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "There used to be an old house here." He's like, "Okay." I was like, "I'm looking for treasure." Yeah, you didn't say I'm working out, but I was working out. I did find a really cool coaster in your yard from like 1950. It's like they used to give it if you bought a house or whatever. They'd give you a set of coasters, and I found one. It's made of aluminum, but it was cool. So if you want it, you can have so it. So now my yard looks like a little squirrel. He's just little. He digs up little. There's little holes everywhere. <laughs> He's a little mole. He's a neighborhood mole. That's what he is. A human mole with a wand doing his CrossFit. So what have you been up to, Will? So you you just rebuilt Camp Chioka. It looks awesome. <laughs> we did. It does After amazing. 55 years, it was time for a little update. So, uh, yeah, it looks awesome out there. We're getting ready for summer camp. So we totally um, redid the gymnasium. We have air conditioning now, which will be awesome. Ooh, wow. Um, Can you imagine? Yeah. So all of us, just for our audience, like Camp Chioka, which I think we've mentioned Chioka before because y'all didn't yeah, know. Because did, I gave Jason, the name. Jason's dad didn't know Chioka was Christian Youth Camp. They thought it was like an Indian folklore or something. <laughs> and so we talked about the camp, and so all of us have been a part of camp. Even dad, when he first became a Christian, I don't know if you remember this, dad, but you taught out there. Yeah, I did. At camp. And so it's a long tradition, and – Corey, Willie's wife's grandfather, is the one who started it back mm-hmm. in the 60s. And now John Luke, your son, is running it. So it's just, a to me, the neatest story that you got four generations. Corey's parents met there. I guess you and Corey. Corey and I met, met there. there. Yeah. That's where when we first met. When was the place up. built? 1967. My word to mm-hmm. your mother was when I taught a few courses at Camp Chayoka. And Chayoka. then I, I think it's Chayoka. Chioka, whatever. Okay. And then I, I, I taught like at Washtenaw Christian School. I was the head of the physical education department, which was the parking lot. Times were hard. A little, little the revenue stream had really not caught up with it yet. Now it's a, they have their own stadium and everything. But in those days, they were starting at like West Ferry Road. 
Yeah, the church, only thing yeah. I ever said, because I had taught in the public school some, you know, in between drinks. So I came out of this wild background, sinful background, and all of a sudden I'm converted to Jesus and I'm thrust into dealing with the sons and daughters of God. I'm dealing with their children. So, and, I, and I'm I'm looking, surprised I'm, you got that job. Well, well, you know, they went out on a limb saying, how long has he repented? Yeah. I mean, what did he yeah. say? <laughs> so they're monitoring to me like I'm an ex-meth head and a murderer and a yeah. rapist. So, yeah. but they were keeping an eye on me, 150 bucks a week. So I, you know, I wasn't burning the Oh, I think up. we, yeah, we just got but the, the only thing comment, why they picked you, $150 a week. Yeah. yeah. The only comment I ever made. To Miss Kay, well, she said, so how is it, you know, how is it teaching and everything and going to the Camp Chayoka? Uh, I said, they're the best kids I've ever run up on. Mm-hmm. I said, I said, whoever these people's parents are, these kids' parents are, I said, I'm saluting them. I said, these are the best kids I've ever been around them. I didn't know they had kids like this. I mean, they were so uh, – Disciplined? Just – well, yeah, well, man, they were well mannered. They were disciplined. They were just good little kids, and I was impressed. Hmm. So, as far as a learning tool, you you repent and come out of the world, and you end up talking to the 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 children of the faithful. Well, it should have had an impact like that on us, and yes, it man. did. I mean, I was like, huh. Well, then Dude. y'all in the same vein. When I saw that. That made me say, you know what? This is real. I mean, think about it. A guy who's 28 years old before he ever repents, and he's not worried about school. Only school children I ever saw was in the public school system. They were yeah. not too good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, let's, let's take a quick break. So it's an interesting question here. What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? What would you say is the number one? No ammunition. <laughs> They're in on top of you, and they got too close. <laughs> no dogs. <laughs> no dogs barked. I don't know how they did. Yeah. So y- y'all are thinking a little bit different than simply say their answer was a home security system that's so complicated that you never use it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Or that. Or that. That works. Or or weapons or dogs or all the things. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of fear here. I can feel. But anyway. So Simply Say, which is a great company, uh, and basically they try to make it as easy as possible to use the security system. And they're right because you same, guys are, same principle. Well, it is. Yeah. That's exactly right because they're trying to protect your home. Basically, uh, you can order online with these guys with the click of a button. Um, they're going to have sensors that they send. You plug them in. You put up the, the cameras. You're good to go. You don't have to have technicians, salespeople, all these different things. So Simply Safe. It was voted the best overall home security of 2020, which is pretty good. So simplysafe.com slash unashamed. You can get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee, which is a that's a that's a winner. You know so I mean? They're like the KISS version of security. Keep it simple, stupid. There you go. I like that. You should write ads for them. Hey. I guess I, that's what I will do. for a nominal fee. <laughs> simplysafe.com slash unashamed. Free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, and make your home safe. So, Willie, so that was in the that was probably 10 years after camp started when Dad's talking yep. about. So how many kids last year 
came to Camp Geoga. I mean, in the old days, we'd have three or 400 kids, but I mean, now how many kids? It's like, I think it's a couple of thousand. A couple of yeah, thousand, couple which of thousand is incredible. Kids. Yeah. Like per session a week or whatever. Well, when you add them all up, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got. Because you know, they're doing a lot more sessions now, too, basically. Yeah, and we've got, got a, people coming in from all around the country that come to camp that come work for John Luke. By Our the way, speaking now. of good children. Y'all were started out young. I saw you raised down here on the riverbank, get older and older and older. I remember when all of you, you know, started shaving, whatever, checking the chicks out. Y'all going out there. But I'm looking at all four of you now. You work with what what group? They What do they do? Uh, we raise money for orphans and um, do adoption. Orphans, widows, orphans. Pure and false. So I'm looking at Willie. So, Willie, <laughs> what exactly do you do now? You're CEO hmm. and commander, but what do you do on the side? Or, a bunch or, of things. Well, I'm on the board of Camp Chioka, so that was one of our uh, efforts. But, uh, yeah, we do uh, we do stuff. Now I'm the uh, evangelism director uh, at my church. So, and, well, bingo, uh, bingo, two out of two. <laughs> so, Jace, here you step up. What exactly yeah. in the kingdom uh, of God, son? Where, Treasure what, what hunter. Role, what role do, are you in? Expert. I don't really You're do a, pontificator. a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> I did six Zoom meetings last week with some yeah. youth groups. Uh, yeah. That's fresh on my mind. You do the Unashamed podcast. And aren't you into to, uh, the, like, the song service pretty good? Yeah, He's Miss the and I the, do the, woman's the, a great singer. Do the worship, yeah. So that's and, uh, bingo, bingo, bingo. Well, we teach a class, Phil. It's bingo, called bingo, You'll bingo. Like This. We got it from... Uh, well, I'm bringing up names now, and I can't remember. I always remember, forget his name. Perky? Uh, no. The guy, he sang more worship songs than anyone on the planet. Help me, Will. Alton Howard? No. From the, Nashville? The first time, yeah. First time I met him, just think of a worship song, and he, he sung it. Uh, I went. I met him at the Tebow <laughs> event. Billy I Graham? Actually, Chris, I Tomlin. Chris, yeah, Tomlin. Chris Tomlin. Chris Tomlin. Thank Tomlin. you. I mean, we're actually friends. We probably were before I just did that. <laughs> we, yeah. Sorry, Chris. They're so close. Uh, he wrote a <laughs> you book. You guy. He wrote a, a book with another fella, and it was called Holy Roar. Very good book. We actually taught it in our class. But the name of our class at church is called Holy Roar. Which we call so we the get Holy to you, Al. That's fun. three. Three out of three, which I'm yeah, I'm better just a about slacker. the whole bunch here. I, I, I'm no, Al preaches. Al's back. I mean, he's back. I, I'm back a volunteer preacher. I'm a volunteer preacher, which has been fun. He's it a, is fun. He's a clean shaven man. To be a clean volunteer preacher. Huh? It is because I get to the parts of it I love, I get to do, and the parts that I used to hate, I don't. Other people do. So volunteer preaching is way better than being paid preacher from, from yeah. my perspective. Well, you know, ever since I've taught, you know, I teach classes and preach some. White's Ferry, and I, I like that I don't get paid because I can't get fired either. And you know, you know, right. it's, it's kind of a gives you confidence. They don't hire you; they can't. They fire can't you. fire you, and they say, "What was all that, all that about?" I was like, "Get what you pay for." <laughs> so, so you have a built-in excuse. Phil was saying, so that's that, bingo, 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 bongo." Phil was saying something though. I thought about if it would have been in the age of cell phones and all when he talked. Can you imagine the kids if you just had a camera set up and get their facial expressions when they said? We want to introduce you to your PE teacher for the year, and here's Phil standing there. I mean, can you imagine what they thought? Like, what in the world is this all about? I'd love to have seen that. I saw an old picture the other day, Dad, of you, because the 
the bowling alley used to be across the street from our church. Yep. So when we were having school there, bowling was one of the PE activities. Yep. And Are there you was serious? a picture. Yeah, there was that a was pic- a course. Yeah, it was yep. a course. And and so there was a picture of somebody had a picture of me bowling, uh, which I looked kind of like River to me. I was little, you know, I wasn't very big. And uh, and Dad was just standing back there, his arms crossed, and like there were several people standing around him talking. And I hadn't thought about that era in a long did time. Did you teach like a bowling skill, or do you just let them bowl, or I, do you I, not remember? I, I taught them how to bowl. Really? You know how to. Did you ever go bowling with us? Of all the when we went through the bowling, remember when we went through the. Oh, I really was I, a oh Willie I was had the name name on the ball. They the didn't form. have a, they didn't have a gym. I mean, and I was the head of physical education, which was my major at tech education. So, did they have a? I mean, what were they using? We played bowling ba- lounge. We played thing. baseball on the we lower church parking lot. Oh yeah, and it the burned bo- down. That's why. Yeah, yeah burned out. But it, but that was there at the time, so it was just a way to, you know, was physical yeah. education time. What are we going to do? That no gym. Actually, been cool. It was about as taxing. I as wish you'd have. I wish you'd have known about treasure hunting, boy. You could have got a good sweat out in the parking well, lot. We set, up, set up a volleyball net, you know, and we had the team doing that. Well, Football, not so much. All pavement. So I was limited in what I could do. Bowling, pretty God's good. Kids. So I remember one of the things Dad used to do because remember he's not. At this point, he's 28, 29 years old. Yep. He was still in really good shape and could still really zing the football. So part of it was you showing off your skills. People would put things on the top of vehicles, and, and yep. Dad would throw the ball and yep. knock them off. I mean, that was like a whole <laughs> session of that. But amazingly, now you fast forward 45, 50 years, whatever it's been, where you fast forward, the the little girls – and the guys that I taught at Swatch Ferry Road in the parking lot, the volleyball net and the bowling, well, they're grown and have children. But I remember them as just eighth graders, ninth graders. And That's every crazy. once in a while, I want to walk up and I'll say, you know, I remember you when you were in the eighth grade, girl. I said, now you have four kids. And I said, was that quick or what? She said, unbelievably quick. They they bring it up all the time. They had a big time. All the, you know, Bill Smith's daughters that works at White's Red Road and Carl Allison's daughter. I remember when they were seventh, eighth graders. Mm-hmm. And now I'm looking at them, you know, they have their own families and all that, you know. They're, we're like, all grandparents like now. We're all grandparents now. Y'all have done pretty well, boys. I'll give you that. You've done pretty well. Four bingos. Yeah, four bingos. Four, <laughs> four bingos. Uh, yeah, well, it is interesting that – we all sort of have a, <clears throat> a ministry bent, and we I guess we always have. You remember yeah. the time we put Je- Jep there under house arrest, Al? You remember that? Yep. When oh, Jep yeah. went under house arrest. Had an intervention. Intervention, running with the wrong we, crowd. Jep, told Willie was popping working a with few pills. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> popping a few pills. But I, I love Jep's <laughs> response after the intervention, and everyone said what they had to say. You, Al, and Jason, Willie, yep. and Miss Kay, you know. Jep said, what took y'all so long? Yeah, I was surprised that was by that question. I was like, "Well, that's a good attitude." Yeah, you know. Jeff said, "What took y'all so long to get down to right here?" I mean, you know. And actually, it was you and Zach both turned it around at the same time because yeah. they were they were cutting yeah. up together. They were in college, I guess, or supposed to yeah. be in college. Gotten off on the wrong path. And Willie, you were working with the I college, was the college right? minister at the time. How long did we keep you under uh, quarantine for? About house arrest, about three months. 
Yeah, it was like the whole hunting season. Yeah, and that's I, right. I just remember I gained like forty pounds just eating <laughs> y'all's cooking, <laughs> and uh, but it was a it was an awesome time because I remember we studied like every night, studied the Bible. And, oh yeah, yeah. I've noticed in when people uh, make that transition, there there is a process where you're, you're kind of drying out in one phase, but then yep. you're replacing. I think of that story in the Bible when it says, "Unless you replace it, you know the." That when Jesus had healed the guy that was demon possessed, he was like seven times worse will come if you don't fill it up with something. You know, That's exactly but right. noticing that process is always, I mean, it's uh, it's just weird how that has to happen. Right. Yep. It's it's like stop all that, get a new motivation yep. and a new direction, and use some then, good friends. Yeah, and good friend, your friends change, everything starts changing, so then you can can function. Right, because in, in the end we're all weak, and it's hard to break any kind of. I habit. wrote in my one of the, one of my books. I'd spent twenty eight years under the influence of Satan. Uh, to be specific, the Apostle Paul said, "Controlled, taken captive by Satan." I knew it'd take time to untangle all those lies, and you can't untangle the lies of the devil when you're running with the devil's children. I knew what I needed to do, so I entered a self-imposed sort of holy witness protection program. (laughs) (laughs) We had already moved, and the boys from Junction City, the bunch I've been running with, they didn't know where I was living. I changed my phone number. I cut off communication with all of the people I had run with who had trained me to follow the evil one. I stopped running around with my so-called best buddy, and I said, "Ground zero, I'm, I'm, I'm shutting it down." So, in some ways, boys, it was kind of a self-induced evil quarantine for quarantine from evil. I just, yeah. I just got hard to reach all of a sudden. But you so. know, you know, I think we all have different stories, but it's similar situations. Like with me, I mean, I looked at how you were in your former life even though i was a little kid and it's all a little foggy i just came out of it with one sentence i'm not doing that and it really wasn't even a spiritual decision i just said i'm not doing that but when i came to jesus at 14 i just kind of tried to not do wrong because in my mind that was my main motivation i'm not going to go down that road but there came a point where i was like I can't coexist with my friends in that mode. And it took me a couple of years to realize yep. it. But I fi- we finally got to the point where I was like, I had to go through the same process, even though I wasn't doing what they were doing. It just, it, it just kept escalating. The persecution, the arguments, the what are you doing here? And it just it got to where it was kind of an evil situation. So, you know, fortunately for me, I shared why I wasn't going to do it, which was was Jesus, which which then plant the seed for them for years to come to have a place to come back to, and most of them did. You want a lot of, you know. But that's why when we were going around talking about what we were doing, I've always looked at anybody that can understand Jesus enough to surrender to Him, you know, to be baptized. They can then facilitate what happened. So I don't like it when religions tend to put 
sharing Jesus in a category that we're going to do, you know, once a year. Well, let's have an evangelistic rally, you know, yeah. and go share Jesus. I just always viewed that that's the only reason I can think of on why God allows this this whole life to continue is to use us in a way. And everybody does different things, even us, you know, for making a living. And But that really is your platform for sharing Jesus. Yep. I mean, whether it's just a conversation in a hospital room right. and you're trying to help someone, <clears throat> or I've told you, I've been to, you know, functions where everybody was drunk. But me, but I would find ways to introduce Jesus because right. even though you're 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 just laying a foundation there that the light bulb may come on, but whenever it does, then they can say, "Okay, I got to make some wholesale changes because I can't keep going to things like this and expect right. you know good things." Let's to take happen. a take a quick break, and I've been telling you we have a story to tell you today, so we're going to tell you a story. So, Dad, since you uh, brought up the interesting point about your former life, um, a couple of, I guess it's been about three months now, a few months back, uh, Jason and I got a letter basically at the same time. And we actually were sitting here when I was first reading it, and and Mm -hmm. I'm reading this letter. Well, I was going to give the letter to Phil because it was, was I had stopped at Duck Commander. I think to get some dog food, which is weird. Did you remember <laughs> and they who gave you me, the letter? Well, whoever was the reception, who you got out front there, whoever Willie's got out front there, the receptionist. Yeah, <laughs> she gave me the mail for you because some of your mail comes there, and so I was going to give it to you. But as you sometimes do when we do these podcasts, you leave quickly and so he go so i so i got some mail at the church also addressed to you some's to me some's to everybody here so i'm read i got this letter out and i'm looking at it and jace is kind of just sitting here you had already you were out the door jace said oh i got that same letter you had it in your bible so i'm just kind of just doing a quick glance at it and you know it talked about dna and you know blah 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 and there was a dna some material on there and i so i immediately thought that it was like a lot of letters we get where people now this dna search is so you know people are doing it everywhere so you get people that are like connected to our family somehow like maybe they found a link where they're related to somebody some robertson from virginia so i just thought it was one of those so i was just kind of like, oh yeah somebody I mean, it may to- be hard for people to understand but like when a lot of people that watch you know duck dice and you become famous you get a series of letters that start off something like this through dna i realize i'm your family member right and so you usually skip down to the bottom and it'll say if you could just Send me a, the check for ten thousand dollars, <laughs> or a signed picture. I mean, and, it's, sometimes you know what I mean. And so you're like, okay, you know what I mean? Because then they tell you the why they need the ten thousand right. dollars, and but I, you just kind of skip to the end. You say, oh. so you were kind of dismissing it. I was dismissing because you were like, well, the time doesn't really make sense, and I was just kind of halfway listening. So then, then I started I said, reading a little, more, a yeah. little more carefully. So just to tell you what the letter said. So basically, it was from a woman who said that by a DNA search, she thinks that dad might be her dad. Mm-hmm. Well, once we get into that and start looking a little more deeply, I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, this isn't just – and you're like, well, I, yeah, I mean, that that might be something to this. And, I, and so then I looked yeah. at the date – 
of her birthday, and I thought about when Dad became a Christian because I'm kind of the family historian. I thought, well, no, that's not. He was already a Christian. Yeah, that was a little confusing. That, but once we figured out, well, you had to back up was, nine months because because with with Phil, <clears throat> it, it's always pre Jesus. Because I'm like, that's the there was a clear dividing line for Dad. That's right. It was everything up till he till you became a Christian, from old man that's to right. new man. But really, look, isn't that what Christianity is all about? Because a lot of like when I was with your old friends, we went on a – I think we were actually looking for Mayhalls one time in Arkansas, and some of your old buddies were there. I mean, this was not that long ago. But then they started talking about just things you did before – that pre-Jesus. And I, it was hard for me, even though I saw a glimpse of that, it was hard for me to even imagine because I was like, no. Because I've seen the new man – so long so it is a difficult thing to so jason i kind of i read it i said well let me think about let me look into this a little more deeply and so a a few days went by and then the more i read it the more i thought well this is something we need to try to figure out but so my mindset was i didn't want to tell mom and dad if it wasn't true because i didn't want to upset them like because this is a life-changing situation if if it's true but at some point we kind of because me and you were talking about it since we both were in right. on the discovery because right. we both concluded this is not one of these frivolous things we've got. Right. It it looks like it may have some. We merit. had to pursue it. So, right. So we called Zach, who's our cousin that works with our you know, producing our podcast and dad show, and we we're trying to kind of come with a game plan. So we kind of tried to figure out a way that like one of us could do a DNA test. You know, because you were looking on the line and look, I recognized all the names of people I knew, Shores and. Ivans and people I grew up hearing Granny talk about. So I could see them all over there, and I was like, there's something connected here. And that's when we started saying, well, there's, you know, there's something here. But, of course, there was a missing line. It was would have been your line and your siblings and all of us. None of us are mentioned. So I was like, how could we do a DNA test? So we were trying to figure things out. And finally, Zach and I were talking, and Zach said, well, I'm just going to call her. What do you think about that? And I said, well, yeah, just call her. Just tell her we got the letter, you know, because I started thinking about it. I thought this is there's a 45-year-old woman out there that doesn't know who her dad is, and she's looking. And I thought even if it's not dad, she needs to know it's not dad. So, so Zach called her. <clears throat> he talked to her. He called me, and he was like, you know, I mean, I, I don't know anymore in terms of whether it's actually true or not, but, I mean, she's not out for anything. She's not – this. this is a – this is a, she's a Christian, you know, and he gave me a little bit about her history. And so I was like, we got to talk, we got to tell dad and mom, we just got to go talk about this. And so I, I came out here to, to yours and mom's house and, and I told you, and I showed you the letter. Mm-hmm. And of course, dad didn't remember anything, no specifics about it. It was interesting because mom remembered <laughs> a lot more than you did, which the more I got thinking about that later, you were drunk the whole time and like not in your right head, but mom wasn't. So, like, she remembered a lot of specifics. She was like, well, that could have been, you know. And so there were, like, some little clues in there about stuff that, you know, she, that were in the letter. And so, finally, I was where I was hoping you would say, you went. You said, well, is there any way we can know for sure? And I said, yep. We can do a DNA test she, with, together. And she does it up there. You do it down here. Uh, we do it with the same company. And we can know whether it's a match or not. And you said, well, let's do it. Because we need to know, we need to know this, and so then it was a weird time for me because like we're all praying about it, and of course by this time I I, I told you guys, and um, <clears throat> we were going to do the test, and she was willing to do the test, 
And so, but it was weird because when you're praying about something like this, it's, it's a truth that's already there. I mean, she was either dad's daughter and our sister, or she wasn't. It was an either or. So what like you can pray for anything specific. We just got to pray for truth, you know, which I thought about it in a way. Isn't that what it's all about anyway? I mean, just praying for truth to be revealed. And so, uh, we took the test. She took the test, and it, it took two or three days. And we were actually down with Jeff in Austin. And of course, Jeff is a nervous wreck. <laughs> I kind of am too. Yeah. And Mom is with us. And then we get the calls. That called me, and he's like, "Well, it's a ninety-nine point nine nine percent match." And you gave that information to me. And then I called you. I'm like, "I said, yeah." And and he didn't say, "Hey, Dad, how's you doing?" I said, "Yeah." And he said. It's a match. I'm like, bring, That's a her, on down. Point bring her on down. <laughs> 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 it's a match. Bring her on down. Which is a classic, Robert. I learned a valuable lesson, and uh, they will meet this woman, and that'll be uh, pretty cool. The audience will. We know that in all things, in all things, even sin, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So our audience will meet my daughter. We've already met her. So uh, it was. it's a pretty cool uh, explanation of redemption, reconciliation, mm. love, it's uh, as it turns out, forty-five years. You have a daughter that you don't know about, and she has a father she doesn't know about. Mm. Forty-five years. It doesn't sound like very long, but you say that's a while. So finally, after all those years, we come together and members I mean, a of the part of me, God, a part of me, on. a part of me thought, man. Because now that we know her, I mean, I when you told me it's a match, I was like, well, I love her. So Because I thought she's my sister. I actually read 1 Corinthians 13 after that because I just thought this is this is what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be. But then I thought, man, what a terrible deal for her. She's going to, if she's not familiar with Duck Dynasty or whatever, and it's going to like, and she's going to see that and say, there you go. <laughs> She's gonna be like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> out of all, out of all the people, I could have been. Hang on, let's take a break, and then I want to hear from everybody what you thought about it. I mean, I just thought that might be embarrassing. You know what I mean? Just, just, I don't know. What. So, how was it? So, the first, so obviously, before she and her family came down and we met everybody, um, every we everybody talked to her on the phone. You know, initially. And so what what was your – what is going around? How was your first conversation with your sister you never knew you had? Well, you know, and we, we had a little bit of a weird situation. I guess I was the only one that she actually met before because she had visited our church right before we got the mail. When they when they kind of thought it was – Well, right. And, right. She was, and she's looking at me saying, I think he's the one. Right. And you were preaching, actually. And I'm preaching, day. and I don't – which that probably I didn't scared see her. her. She you got to remember, a lot of people visit our church from you know all across the world, and so I met them, you know, and so 
I mean, nothing really registered at that moment. But so when we got, when I got on the phone with her, we talked about that. And I was like, oh my goodness. Of course, she was like, yeah, Jace was the only one that had met her. So she's like, and had no she, idea. you know, I was like, I came to your church, you know, I met you. Of course, I'm like, well, let me just say right now, I, I am terrible. I meet so many people. And Unfortunately like, oh, for no. her, Jace was the yeah. first one. We might have actually made a connection yeah. out of all the yeah. ones to meet. Last option. I said, I hate to tell you this because I'm your new brother, but my, a lot of my life is in a fog. I said, I wake up on a continual basis, not real sure where I'm at or how I got here. And I'm doing holy things so yeah, I don't, he's not, I don't, it's not from a bad lifestyle but you know we talked and uh what i think i told missy i was like you know because i brought that up about when i said when the decision was made because to me you know family i believe that god's in control and you know when when we're talking family i believe that was god's idea you know getting from act 17 about he put us in the exact places and I fight with my family a lot, but I got their back. I love them. I mean, I'm I'm there for them. So I'd already made that decision. But when I hung up the phone, but I told uh, Missy, I said, but I really like her, <laughs> which was a blessing, you know, because I just I, – I was ready to go e- either way. I mean, I want to love her no matter what, but I was like, I really like her, which is awesome. You know, and she was like, well, that's awesome, babe. <laughs> Made it easier. So Jet yeah. was interesting because we were together in Austin. Mom was staying with, with you. And so Jet was like, you know, because we were trying to figure out what was going to call you. So I want to call her. I want to call her. I want to call her. You know, and of course, the running joke in the family, or at least especially with me and Willie, is that Jet's the little sister we never had it's when we speak to audiences. And so it totally ruined our joke now because we have a little sister. Although my new joke, Jeff, just so you know, is Jeff finally got another sister to talk to. So I can still, I think, save the joke. But so what, what was, what was Not your, funny. what was your, uh, you, you, y'all talked for like two hours. By right? the way, yeah. Miss Kay, over the entire 45 years, warned me or at least alerted me. She said, someone will come out of your past of that wild, riotous living. Someone yeah. is coming out of your past. I said, you think? She said, "Someone is." She coming calls out of herself your the prophetess. She said, "I think it would probably be a son, but, <laughs> but in this case, she said, oh, 'Oh, I'm so glad it's a girl, a daughter.' My I always daughter. wanted a daughter. Well, and meanwhile, for Jeff talks his experience. I mean, Miss K was act absolutely awesome during the she whole. She really was. Process, and just as a know. teaser to our audience, so so Phyllis, our sister, uh, and and Mom are going to be on the next episode, so you don't want to miss that. So, Jeff, t- well, let's take a break, Jeff, and then you'll tell us your story. Um, I thought it was cool because, you know, Dad always gave me crap about having three girls first. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, mm, you had a girl. Um, <laughs> no, I think I told her on the phone, I was like, you know, I always wanted, I did growing up, a big sister to, like, you know, Take up for you against yes, these two. From this guy sticking my face in his underarm hey. after he played basketball. You're living in the past, man. Yeah, I mean, it was super awesome. I was so excited. It was like, to me, like a dream come true, you know. Well, and, and uh, it was fun because we were together. So we called her, mom and I called her from down from in Austin when we were down there with you. And I got to hear that first conversation with mom. And it was, it was so neat because, you know, Mom always has wanted a, a, a daughter, 
and we all know mom's like you know the way she is and so just to hear that first conversation and things she was saying because again we had never talked to phyllis and so just to hear the grace and because look let's be honest if a lot of women you know get news that 45 years later that there's a child they didn't know they had it. All right, it cannot go well. Betrayed, you know. Right, obviously, he, you know, that's right. He he went against his wife. So a lot of times, this news is not very well received. But I think. Well, it, and you think about what could have happened. Yeah. I mean, look when because we didn't really highlight this, but I was just going down through the checklist in the beginning. I mean, she loves Jesus. She's she got an awesome husband and kids. She's done mission work around the world. She's talented, you know, hard worker in what she does. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, there was just something. It By all those qualities being there, it made me realize fairly quickly, well, there's no ulterior motives. This is not a trick because none of that adds up with somebody, it's just you know, to... trying to do something. It, it right. wasn't fitting. And uh, so I think that was just kind of why we're all really positive you know, in the moment, because the transition was like, well, she's awesome. This, this, okay, you know. And I mean, Phil, as much, we've all talked about, especially me and you, with our demons against Phil when we were kids, because they were too little. But that's all so long ago. You know, we've already kind of dealt with that. You right. know, and so I think there's something about being transparent, and Phil has. I mean, he wrote a whole book. I mean, that book that he read from. I, I didn't know you were going to do that, but I'm glad you did because you pretty much laid it out there in a very graphic way. I was terrible. That's right. And, and I think that's hard. I mean, people read that and they're like, oh, he wrote a book. It's hard to just lay it out there and I say, learned you know a what? lesson way back when I was getting on my feet. Individuals who have, in fact, repented don't mind talking about their past sins. Mm-hmm. But a, a lot of people who have not repented, they keep them. They keep them tight. They won't be honest with others or themselves. You know, the repentant, they don't mind talking about their past lives because they know it's been taken care of by the blood of Jesus. I mean, to reference John three, unrepentant, you can't pry their sins out of them. Sometimes, right, right after John three sixteen, the most famous verse, he says, "A lot of people will not come into the light." for fear that their deeds will be exposed. We've always said, that's why all of our books have been pretty transparent about who we are, that it's probably better if we just talk about things and say this is what the grace of God does as opposed to just kind of waiting for something to be unearthed on us. You know, Because a lot of people, famous people, we didn't set out to be famous people, but we became famous people, but they live in fear that some past thing is going to come back and then all of a sudden they're going to be seen as a terrible person. But if you just say, I was a terrible person, I, mean, I did a lot of bad stuff. And so I'm not really surprised that there are elements that come from that. I mean, it seems to me that it's a lot better, you know, when you look at it. Yeah. That, a lot of light. people, they're, they're more fearful of being exposed in, in what they did than actually what they did right. or, you know, or, I mean, it, it's a, it's a huge, I mean, and I, I've realized you can't worry about that. I mean, I've been with one woman, and it started on our wedding night. But on the Internet, there's people, you know, made claims. And I'm like, no, nope, wasn't me. I, I'm pretty sure, you know, one woman. So I'm saying even if you worry about that, yeah. people have tried to taint my character 
and I did it that part exactly right. Doesn't matter. There's still people gonna, you know, you, and some people will believe that, you know. So if you're open and honest about your mistakes and you live out there, then you don't have to go about worrying about it. And that's the way I think God's the way He operates. It's not that He doesn't know what you did, but He appreciates you being transparent to Him. That's why He says, "Confess your sins." Well, why? It it wasn't because He didn't know you did them. But you're just owning up and putting it out there so we can move on. And God says, I'll forgive you. And that's what First John 1 and 2 is all about. So um, we're out of time on the podcast, but we're going to continue the discussion for a few more minutes. Uh, for those of you that are, are Blaze subscribers, blazetv.com slash unashamed, uh, we're going to – if you are a part of that, you get to listen to a little bit more because I, I want to get Willie's take on what he thought about it as well. So um, – Appreciate you guys being a part of the podcast. Phyllis is going to be on the next podcast, uh, and Mom as well. And so we're going to talk about the first time we met. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. And be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.